Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The first morning after the fires, I drove to Salem, Oregon. As I was driving, there's this, like, dense smoke cloud. There was a moment of acknowledgement that I'm driving into something. Wildfires have been raging throughout the American West. In fact, this is one of the worst wildfire seasons in history. And on top of trying to contain the spread of the fires, emergency responders have also had to battle with containing the spread of the coronavirus. The Red Cross, you know, we're we're the nation's sheltering lead. You know, we get the call at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning from the local fire department or the local police department saying, hey, there's some people that need a place to stay tonight. Dale Kuntz is the regional chief executive officer for the Cascades region of the American Red Cross, which includes Oregon and parts of Washington state. As the fire spread, Dale had to quickly coordinate shelters for the hundreds of thousands of people in Oregon who were under potential evacuation warnings or orders. And he needed to do it all while following COVID health guidelines. Disasters are stressful situations. Inside the Red Cross, we sort of have this, you know, saying if you've been to one disaster, you've been to one disaster. The idea that like each situation is unique, each group that you're trying to work with is unique. So this system that we'd had really, really well designed and had trained tens of thousands of people across the United States on how to set up these shelters, we needed to retrain all of those people because COVID has different rules. So how do you help evacuees while also practicing physical distancing? How do you continue testing for COVID when the air quality is so poor that people have to stay inside? How's all of this going to impact the spread of the virus? Today's show is about the collision of these two major events in the state of Oregon. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. In addition to not knowing what the future looks like because of COVID in our world, now this is this whole other layer on top of, is this the new normal? And I think that felt really horrifying to people as well. Kim Taves is the director of communicable diseases for Multnomah County, Oregon, which houses Portland, a city that has taken in many evacuees from neighboring counties during all these wildfires. Oregon recently had some of the worst air quality in the world, which Kim says has made everyday life much more difficult. It really hasn't been that many days since the sky was orange and the sun was a little red circle and you started to feel nauseous and have your your nose run and your eyes be irritated within just a few minutes of leaving your house It was very surreal here uh, and and not in that kind of fascinating, mystical way, really in like a a horrifying way. For you, you know, you've been you were dealing with COVID. You knew that there was the specter of wildfires possible. How did you prepare then? I mean, so if you're in the middle of a pandemic and now you're worried, this is pre-wildfires, but you're worried about the wildfires coming. how, How do you prepare for that? 
Well, the interesting thing is that public health normally is not so interconnected with our whole emergency management team. And so since they've been helping us with COVID and we've been operating together, Hmm. that was really important for us. Everything that we stood up there with COVID actually helped us be a lot more responsive to the wildfire um, more quickly, I think, than we would have been otherwise. We already had a shelter set up in our convention center because our convention center is not being used. The hotels and motels are not full of people. So we've been able to repurpose those, if you will, so that we not only had a a shelter open that would let our shelters for COVID not be quite so crowded close together, but then we also needed that whole overlay of, okay, now what does it mean if anyone gets sick in those shelters? What does it mean if anyone from our neighboring counties who are evacuating is already quarantining, right? A lot of folks maybe would have moved into their friends' houses uh, nearby, and yet the friends were concerned because of of COVID. So we've we've had to do multiple layers and strategies together, but I guess a good part of all that is that we were all working so closely for COVID that I feel like um, it's, it's sort of been the the best of coordinated government. And right now I feel like we're, we're probably doing better than usual in that way. Did you see an uptick overall in, in visits to the hospital or urgent care clinics during all this? I mean, I imagine there was already a significant uptick just because of COVID. Now you layer on the wildfires and the smoke and all of that. What, what were you seeing just in terms of people trying to get medical care? Well, we definitely saw a significant increase in emergency t- department visits for asthma, Um, Absolutely. Uh, Our um, ambulance services got very busy. In our regional area, I think we only ended up needing to evacuate one hospital because most of the hospitals are more in Portland itself and they're not in that rural area that needed to be evacuated. But like 12 different long-term care facilities needed to be evacuated. It it was not a nothing, right, to, to do all that transportation. Luckily, because our state has had a lower prevalence of COVID, our hospitals have not been maxed out. So our hospitals were in pretty good place when this happened. You know, I I imagine that even basic things, like let's say you have a community that has a high level of concern about COVID, you know, am I developing symptoms? I don't know. And then the wildfires happen and there's all this smoke in the environment. Um, Is this trouble that I'm having with my breathing or is this the smoke, you know, being able to distinguish these things. How did you navigate those discussions with people? Those are hard to distinguish, just like it's going to be hard this fall and winter to distinguish between flu, right? Respiratory illness of flu and respiratory illness of COVID. Uh, Another thing that was very much um, a challenge for people who had those concerns is that the way that we've set up our testing, like in many other places, the large volume COVID testing is all outdoors, So eventually we closed our outdoor testing. Our largest um, hospital system that has the largest amount of outdoor testing closed their testing. Our state laboratory uh, closed its lab services for a couple days. Our county buildings in general, including um, our clinics, shifted over to telemedicine. And at the same time, people started moving all around in new and different ways. So I think we're going to be in a little bit of an unknown here for the next four weeks or so until we see really what has been the impact of all of that. With regard to the wildfires, are you looking at this in the rearview mirror? I mean, we're at sort of the, you know, we just started fall. Equinox mm-hmm. just happened. Mm-hmm. When, when does wildfire season sort of typically end? We're still in it. Sometimes the fall rains come early uh, and sometimes the the fall can be rather dry. So we're still going to be watchful about that. 
you know, now that even we've had a few days to just take a breath. <laughs> I mean, all those things that we were doing for stress relief from COVID were outdoors, right? Right. You could walk on the street, you could have the kids play in the backyard or at a park and indoors, and all of a sudden that wasn't available. So we'll take a few minutes, right? And we'll all try to like regroup with our own equanimity. Uh, and then I, I think, you know, in the public health and, and the other community organization partners, we all will, you know, pick up immediately to, to look at planning for next year. I think we yeah. all, all of a sudden have a different sense of like, what do we need to do about climate change now? in a different way because that, that, you know, you take things for granted, right? Like I can True. breathe, there's, I can get water to drink, et cetera. There's some basic fundamental things that people felt sort of got pulled up from underneath them. When you do think about all these things, um, a pandemic, wildfires, upcoming flu season, the concerns about climate change, almost existential in nature, how do you stay optimistic? Probably part of the reason I live here is that um, I get a lot of joy and calmness from being in nature. And I also feel personally very moved or inspired or energized when people can come together collectively. And I have felt like we have done that well here, both with the wildfire as well as with COVID. I, f I feel like that sense of urgency sometimes brings out the best in people to do that. Um, and I find that deeply moving. To simply say that this has been a difficult year would be a wild understatement. But if these various disasters have taught us anything, it's that we all need to plan for the future in order to be prepared for what's to come. We must seize the urgency of this moment, remember it, and think then as communities about how we best support our neighbors, our friends, our family, through all of these events. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.